Hello and welcome. You're listening to KTAR's Arizona's News Roundup, the weekly podcast that gets you caught up on all the biggest stories in the state on your time from a Valley point of view. I'm your host, Taylor Kinnerup, Managing Editor here at KTAR News. Behind the board is editor and producer Kate Orta. We're two Valley natives breaking down Arizona's top stories this week. We also look ahead at what's to come to make sure you know what to keep an eye out on until our next episode. For this week, the week of Monday, April 17th, we're breaking down Governor Hobbs' historic vetoes and a look at the process to replace some Arizona lawmakers. But first, you know we're talking about the Phoenix Suns. Anticipation and skepticism are in the air for Phoenix Suns fans. This isn't the first or the last time we'll talk about my city's namesake team. As of recording this podcast, the Phoenix Suns are all tied up at 1-1 one one against the LA Clippers in the first series of the NBA playoffs. I'm putting it lightly when I say, Game 1 was rough to watch, and likely made Suns fans, who have been hurt one too many times before, begin to feel like this playoff run was over before it even started. I turn it over to my good friend and birthday bunny, as he calls us, John Gambadoro, for his post-game analysis. The Titanic sunk because it hit an iceberg. Why was the reason that it hit an iceberg? It sunk. That's why. Was there any other reasons? No, everything else was fine. It freaking hit an iceberg. That's one problem. The Suns had 15 problems last night. Yes. It's a house. The plumbing's not working. The AC's not working. There's a leaky roof. The garage door doesn't open. The windows are stuck. Like there's like there's 15 problems last night. Was it the Titanic? The Titanic one issue. A bad house, 15. That's what the Suns were, 15 issues last night. And he's not wrong. The issues were plentiful with the team seemingly discombobulated and Coach Monty Williams struggling to find the right fit for defending a healthy Kawhi Leonard. The Clippers went into the series short Paul George. It could just be that the Suns went into this series too cocky. But the game fans saw on Sunday seemed like much more than just underestimating your opponent. And to be fair, Tuesday's game seemed to start in the same vein. But... My good pal Kellen Olsen was able to break down the big differences from games one to two. In game two, of Durant's ten shots, seven were from half-court situations when someone set Durant up off the ball. That's compared to zero in game one when Durant relied more on bringing the ball up and receiving it off defensive breakdowns. It was all about playmaking, with Devin Booker scoring 38 points, Chris Paul 16, and the big man DeAndre Ayton with 14. Of course, my boy Tory Craig added 16 points with five huge threes in the big game two comeback. This also came from a little more chemistry between KD and DA, who was able to snag 13 rebounds. And while Durant was expected to be the team's one-way ticket to a championship, we've got to remember, after all of his injuries, he's only seven games into his son's career. Now, to fully grasp the pressure to win this season, allow me a brief moment to recap Sun's recent history. All eyes have been on the Suns this season, and really the last few seasons, as the team continues to fall just short of its first ever championship since the franchise first began in the Valley in 1968. This is the team's third playoff attempt in as many years, and the team has been on what seems to be an upward trajectory since its historic 8-0 run in what was dubbed the NBA bubble during the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic. This also came after the team won just a meager 19 games in the 2018-2019 season. Even with that epic run in the bubble, the fellas fell short of a playoff bid that season. But it sparked something in this city that had been dormant for years. So what's in the team's secret sauce? It's been a myriad of factors, ranging from a deep bench and a long injury-free stretch in the 2021 playoff run to the undeniable star power now. 
Besides coming out of what appeared to be nowhere from a national perspective, the team has generated major headlines from some of the biggest trades in each respective season, with additions like 10-time NBA All-Star Chris Paul and 13-time All-Star Kevin Durant. But those big-name trades have come at the expense of the team's once lengthy roster of high-caliber players and fan favorites like Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Cam Johnson, and of course, Mikhail Bridges. This team has been led fearlessly since 2019 by coach Monty Williams. As he says, Williams has, quote, tightened the screws on the team's young players like DeAndre Ayton and superstar Devin Booker. Now, I bring all of this up not to prove anything about the team, but rather to show you, if you've been watching, you're invested. I mean, the team caught fire during a global pandemic when we were all looking for something to root for. This team has engaged with the community, showing up for countless charities and creating a brand within itself of Valley Boys. The marquee players of the Phoenix Suns have fallen in love with this city. And to quote my high school Spanish teacher, if you love something, it's going to love you back. Phoenix basketball fans have loved the franchise, but especially this iteration of the team in ways that I really can't seem to put in words. Although this podcast would prove that I'm trying. I was among fans storming Sky Harbor Airport to give the team a hero's welcome after clinching the Western Conference Finals in 2021. A moment in time that I'm not sure could ever be duplicated. I mean, I spoke to a woman who was there more than eight months pregnant, preparing to name her baby Devin. All this to say, the Valley is ready. This feels like our moment. With the addition of Kevin Durant, especially after recent months of uncertainty for the team, with then-owner Robert Sarver's suspension and eventual sell to billionaire mortgage lender Matt Ishbia, although that's a story for another pod, it feels like this is it. If not now, when? And as I said on last week's podcast, the whole state seems to be rooting for this team. If for no one else, then for Al McCoy, the voice of the Phoenix Suns, who is set to retire after 51 seasons with the team this year. So, the team better be grabbing their wrenches and tightening every last screw as they brace for Game 3 and the hopes of garnering a title that has eluded so many others. You know we'll be watching. You can hear the call for each of these games on 98.7 or by downloading the Arizona Sports app. And while Suns fans are hoping to make history, just a few blocks away from the arena at the state capitol, Governor Katie Hobbs did make history this week after breaking the state's record for most vetoed bills. I'm the governor and I have executive authority and I'm going to use it. Governor Hobbs has vetoed more than 60 bills as of this week, surpassing former Democratic Governor Janet Napolitano's record set in 2006 with 58 vetoes. Not to sound too much like Schoolhouse Rock, but remember... A governor's veto comes after legislation has made it all the way from a committee meeting through both the House and Senate and potentially amendments before getting to the governor's desk. Now, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that Katie Hobbs is a Democrat governor leading two Republican-controlled chambers in the House and Senate. Arizona Republicans have held the majority for 30 years. But this year, that majority is as slim as it comes. The session started with a House majority of two seats, But since expelling one Republican lawmaker last week, the split is just 30 Republicans to 29 Democrats. Now, that seat does have to be filled by a Republican, but I'll tell you more about that in just a few minutes. There is a similar narrow split among state senators of 16 to 14, with one vacant seat on the Democrat side. The reason this is important to bring up is because it shows not only how tense things are at the state capitol, but to explain that there are mixed feelings about this new record. Her no votes have included bills that would have declared drug cartels as terrorist organizations, implement greater penalties against fentanyl dealers when a child dies from an overdose, and a ban on homeless camps outside of businesses. 
border, drugs, and homelessness, arguably three of the hottest button topics right now in the state. But Hobbs has said it before. She feels like the last line of defense when it comes to political sanity. I did not come here to veto bills. I came here to solve real issues for Arizonans. But what is possibly most interesting to note about Hobbs breaking this record is that it's only April, and the legislative session doesn't end until almost July. We could still see months of vetoes ahead, meaning this record could climb. Now, in fairness, Hobbs has also signed at least 90 bills into law, so it's not as if she was stonewalling the entire process, although Arizona Republicans are starting to feel that way. Senate Republicans called her record-breaking vetoes, quote, weakness and a lack of leadership from the ninth floor. For more on which bills have failed and which have passed, you can always head to KTAR.com. Now, circling back to what I was saying before about vacancies. The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors have not one, but two vacant seats to fill at the state capitol. On last week's pod, we talked all about the expulsion of Republican State Representative Liz Harris. If you want more details on that, go ahead and check out that podcast. But since her expulsion, State Senator Raquel Turan, former minority leader and Arizona Democrat chair, has stepped down from her seat as she makes a run at Ruben Gallego's seat while he runs for Senate. Although for different reasons, both Democrats and Republicans have spent this week voting on who will replace each of these respective lawmakers. So let's start with the Republicans. Arizona GOP members gathered Monday night to submit their nominees. The forum discussion began with voting to kick journalists out of the room. So the rest of the night's updates came through Twitter as discussions went for hours. Eventually, the GOP settled on three names as they were tasked to do. Steve Steele, Julie Willoughby, and what do you know? Liz Harris. That's right, the woman who was ousted was also chosen to replace herself. Willoughby ran against Harris in 2022 and lost by only a few hundred votes and is already registered to run again in 2024. And Steve Steele is relatively unknown within the party. And on the Democrat side, a little less excitement. Those chosen to replace Tehran include Cesar Aguilar and Flavio Bravo, both current state representatives from District 26, Tehran's district. So this would be a move up for either of them. And Quanta Cruz, who has been active within the Phoenix Elementary School District and on the executive board for LD26. Now, all of those names are headed to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, as both those districts fall within Maricopa County. The board will choose from each of these three names who to send to the state capitol. KTAR's Taylor Tassler broke down the process for us. On Monday, the board will meet with its council to receive guidance and clarification on the process. The members of the board will then conduct background checks and interview the nominees. According to Maricopa County, the board will not take a vote or make any appointments on Monday. And to clarify, as stated before, a Republican will replace a Republican and a Democrat a Democrat. And while there was a time limit for each party to produce these names, there isn't necessarily a time frame for when new leaders have to be selected by the Board of Supervisors. The board can actually reject these nominations and ask for new ones. But as Taylor Tassler said, the board is going to be thorough in its process, and we know we'll have to wait until at least past Monday to see who will fill these seats. Game three for the Phoenix Suns versus the L.A. Clippers tips off on Thursday. Game four is on Saturday, and game five on Tuesday the 25th. If there's a game six or seven, they'll be on Thursday and Saturday, respectively. 
The NFL draft is next Thursday. The Arizona Cardinals have the number three pick, and it's expected that Alabama's Will Anderson Jr. will be the best player available to the Cards, but they'll likely have an opportunity to trade down to add more picks as they rebuild. Shout out to Arizona Sports' Kevin Zimmerman for that analysis. And keep an eye on gas prices. As of this podcast, the Valley average is hovering right around the $5 average. That could go even higher by next week. Remember, you can read more on all the week's top stories and get breaking news in real time on KTAR.com. You can also listen live on 92.3 FM or to take KTAR everywhere you go, just download the KTAR news app for articles, podcasts, and of course, breaking news. A big thanks for listening from your very own Valley Girls, Taylor and Kate. This is KTAR's Arizona's News Roundup. Until next week.